Amen. Just a few reminders. We are we do live stream this on Facebook. We upload it up onto YouTube. Uh, and we have a podcast that uh, we are recording just the audio. And the cool part about it is we can put the, the notes that you have in your bulletin. We can upload that with the podcast so people can see that too. Uh, praise God. Have you ever been in a situation or faced a difficult situation that you knew that God could do something about? But when you looked at it, it didn't look like God was doing anything about it. Have you ever been confused by that? No? Yeah? Okay. You know, sometimes we get confused by what God's doing or it looks like he's not doing something. If you're ever in that situation, the book of Habakkuk is for you. You need to read it. And I hope you've been reading it these past three weeks. Uh, there's only three chapters in it. You could probably sit down and read it within 10 minutes. I, I don't know. Um, but that Old Testament prophet um, was, was one of the 12 minor prophets. And he, he was written around, this book was written somewhere around 600 years before Christ. And he was, as a minor prophet, it was all the minor prophets spoke from God to his people. Okay? That's what a prophet did. They spoke to God's people. It was, he was a spokesperson from God. The thing is about Habakkuk, Habakkuk was one of the was the only one that spoke back to God on behalf of the people. He had a heart for his people, and and you know if you wonder why this all took place, well, God spoke to Habakkuk and he said, "Tell the people that because they are corrupt, because they are sinners, because they 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 are just." not doing what I need them to do, what I told them to do, that I'm going to bring judgment upon them for their sins. And most likely Habakkuk would have said something like, you know, that's hard. How many of you like to be corrected? Okay. I will say that how many would like to be punished? See, that's different. Like to be punished is different than being corrected. Um, but he says, I don't, I don't like this message. I, 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 I don't, I'll tell them, but I just don't like it. But you're right, God, they are corrupt. They are vile, they're violent. And so I understand it. He said, God, you're right. But here's the part that kind of weirded uh, Habakkuk out. He said, God said that I'm going to Destroy the, well, he's going to come in and use a group of people that are much more vile and evil than you to destroy you. The Babylonians. And and Habakkuk kind of like protested. He said, wait a minute, God, these people are worse than us. They they are more vile than us. They're cheaters. They're they're thieves. I, I don't get it. I mean, they're the most violent, meanest, corrupt people. And you're going to use people that are much more horrible than us 
to destroy us. God, you don't seem fair. It doesn't seem just. We protest. Well, if you've ever had that experience like that with God, where you thought, God, this just doesn't seem fair, then you relate to the story that's in Habakkuk. And what happens to a lot of people, they hit that, that time of crisis of belief when things aren't going well. You know, you start out good, you're strong, you see God moving. And, and you know, th- there's this roller coaster ride that we have in our lives and things like God's doing great and everything, you know, and he's doing in our lives. And then we get to this, the top of the hill and everything's going great. And then it seems like, God, where are you? What are you doing? And then we hit the bottom of that trough, that, that dip. Where, you know, we have a crisis of belief. We don't believe, God, I don't believe you. I don't think that you're doing what I want you to do. So, I'm out. Some people say that. Others say, God, you know, I I don't like where I am. But you know what? I'm just going to say, I'm going to be in denial. I'm going to think everything's going great. I'm going to be positive confession. It's funny, I was reading an article uh, about uh, actually, I'm reading a book that, that talks about this. And if you look at the look at the writings of uh, like the early Americans about success and stuff like that, it was very oriented on being um, ethical and doing what is right. And then in the last century, kind of things turned around, and now there's a lot of you know things about you know how to influence people and, and get people to do what you want, how to be friends to people. And it's all about self-affirmation and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, believers, we get into that kind of stuff that, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm claiming a victory. I'm claiming this. I'm claiming that. I'm proclaiming this. And this is how it's going to be, God. And, you know, I declare and I proclaim, God, you are doing this. So some people are in an act of you know, this denial. But Habakkuk teaches us we just need to hold on to God. We just got to say, God, I don't understand it. I don't know what's going on. But Lord, I'm going to be like Habakkuk and I'm going to hold on. I'm going to wrestle with you. And then we see uh, that as, you're, as you go through this thing and, and, and when you read the book of, book of Habakkuk, you have that, 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 that first chapter of Habakkuk where God says I'm going to destroy you with the Babylonians and in the second chapter we read that the Habakkuk's response is like God um, you know what do you want me to do and God says well just listen be quiet and listen and take notes write this down and wait wait to see what I'm going to do and even the, those things uh, that are outside aren't getting any better Habakkuk is waiting on God and in chapter 3, we're going to see something very beautiful and powerful. And that is, even, even though the circumstances don't change, Habakkuk's faith in God and worship of God goes into a, a new, you might say, a chapter 3 level of worshiping God. And the New Testament actually representing this principle is found in the book of James chapter 1. It says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature 
and complete without lacking anything. And a lot of people want to have this very real, intimate relationship with God. They want to have this real, almost tangible faith in God. But they don't understand is that the way you get that faith in God is sometimes you have to go through the dip and hold on to God when everything around you says you just need to let go. And God will prove his faithfulness to you when you hold on, when you get that Habakkuk chapter 3 kind of faith. So with that foundation, let's, uh, let's pray and then dive into the book of Habakkuk. Heavenly Father, we pray as we thank you, Lord God. Lord, we know that in our lives we are somewhere traveling in that up or downhill situation. Lord, teach us today to just hold on to you, knowing, Lord God, that this, that, that testing of our faith, Lord, just gives us perseverance, and that perseverance finishes its work. If we just hold on to you, Lord God, just hold on to you and worship you. Show us, Lord God, what you have for us today in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I'll say this, that it is kind of difficult to find the book of Habakkuk in your Bible. It's right after Nahum. And you flip over two pages and it's right before Zephaniah. So in my Bible, it is literally one two, three pages long. And if you look, it's three, I know it's four pages on there and the last page is like a quarter of a page, but if you look at that quarter of a page of my Bible, if you flip it over, about a quarter of the page actually just is blank with the name on it. So if it was written in the same font, you would say three pages of writing. Not very big, but it's very powerful. If you read it, if you look at it, you, 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 you understand what's going on. It's a very powerful book. And Habakkuk, we're in, we're in um, chapter 3. And in my Bible, the heading, I, I kind of like, like, like using the headings. It starts off with Habakkuk's prayer. Habakkuk's prayer. And if you read there, you have, you know, the Lord starts off with, you know, Habakkuk's complaint, the Lord's answer, Habakkuk's second complaint, and then the Lord's answer. Now here's Habakkuk's prayer. The, the strange part about it is it's actually written in almost like a psalm format. That's why I believe that uh, Habakkuk may have been a musician in the temple. Very interesting when you read this and you, you pull that all out. But this is what he says. And we're going to read it and pause and those kind of things. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet on Shingonoth. Okay? <laughs> That's what it says in, in, in my Bible. You know, it's one of the weird words that we find in the Bible. And this is one of those things that we believe is a musical term. 
It's just a musical term from what we understand. It may have been a, a, a setting for the song. But he goes on in, in, in verse 2. Here's what Habakkuk says. He says, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. And then he says something that we say today. Renew them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. He's saying, God, I remember hearing about your miracles. I remember hearing about who you were. I've I've heard of your power. I've heard of your glory. I remember them, God. Even though we don't see it today. Even though I don't see it in, in the working of your people today. I remember hearing about it. And if I'm honest, and we're, if we're honest with each other, we can, we can say, I can tell you that there have been seasons in my life when I've seen God really move. And then, like, I didn't see Him at all. It's like, God, you, you're real to me in these times. I know you're real, but I, I, it's just like, it's not as tangible in other seasons. It was like God was doing this and and God was doing that. And then all of a sudden I wake up and I'm like, God, I know you can, but why aren't you? I know you can, but you're not. Renew what you used to do in our day. I know you can. God, do it again. And that's very much what he's saying here. In fact, the Hebrew word that's translated renew is kaya. Kaya. And and he said, renew, do it again, revive that power again, Lord, restore. God, I remember when you did it before, do it again. I know you can do it again. So what do you do when circumstances aren't changing or improving? How do you climb by faith out of that dip? Well, today we're going to look at three things that that Habakkuk the prophet does, when you, and, and we can apply them directly to our lives. The first one is this. Now, I did this on purpose with your notes this morning. I put fill in the blanks. Because I don't want you zoning out. Oh, the notes are already there. Pastor gave them to us. I'm just going to read along with the notes and everything will be cool. I want you to take out your pen or your pencil and fill in the blanks, okay? So, we're going to remember what God has done. And what I should do. Number one, remember. Remember what God has done. We're going to look back and we're going to remember the faithfulness, the character, the goodness of God. We sung about it this morning. That last hymn that we sung, It is well with my soul. How can we say it is well with our soul when when all the things around us are crashing and everything's going wrong and, and all of that? We can look back and we can see the faithfulness of God. We can see the fact that when I think about the fact that all of my sin 
not in part, but the whole, was nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Think about, remember what God has done. And here's what Habakkuk is going to do. He's going to look back at some very tangible, very visible things that that will trigger spiritual memories because things can trigger memories. How many of you, when you smell an apple pie, what's that remind you of? You can all say, ah, that reminds me of whatever. I'll tell you what, this, this is weird because... I don't remember very much of my grandmother's house on my, on my father's side. But I remember waking up in the morning and they had the steps that went down into the kitchen. I could smell the baking bread of my grandmother. And every time I smell baking bread, fresh bread, it brings me back to that point where in my grandmother's house. And that's probably one of three memories that I have of that house. Okay, so smell can trigger things. Music triggers memory. See, there are things that trigger memories in our minds. Some of you say, no, it's the mothballs that bring me back to grandma's house. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but there's things that could trigger memories. And that's what Habakkuk is doing. He's going down, he's, he's going down this, memory, memories of, uh, this memory journal with the goodness and power of God. In verse 3, he says this. He says, there was a time when God came down from Teman, the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. His glory covered the heavens and his praise filled the earth. Well, you might be going, what in the world is this all about? Now, if you're God's people, if you know the history of the Israelites, you know, this is, this is speaking to the time when they, God delivered the Israelites out of the Egyptian bondage and he parted the Red Sea and they went through and the sea closed up and the Egyptians drowned and God took his people from this very place. It was a place where they found refuge and started to become a new people of God again. And he's saying, I remember this place, this Mount Paran. Just as God would often have the people build an altar to remember who God is and what he did. We did the same thing this morning. That's why God tells us to take the, the cup and the bread and remember what Jesus did. Because we need to remember what God has done. Because it starts building your faith. In, verse, in, in verses 4, 5, and 6, he says, God, your splendor, it was like the sunrise, the rays flashed from his hand and, there was, and his power was hidden. Verse 5 is like, Plague went before him. Pestilence followed his steps. He stood and the earth shook. I like that verse. He stood and the earth shook. He looked and made the nations tremble. He looked. Now, parents and grandparents, don't you wish you had that kind of power? 
You just look at your kids or your grandkids and they tremble. Anyway, he looked and the nations trembled. The ancient mountains crumbled, crumbled, excuse me, and the age-old hills collapsed. God, his ways are eternal. And here's what Habakkuk does. And you can read it in your own Bibles, 7 through 15. And uh, he says, I remember when the waters parted and I walked and, and, and walked through. And I remember when you shook the earth and the walls came tumbling down. And I remember when you used torrential rains to defeat the enemy. And I remember when you used pestilence and plagues. God, I remember what you are capable of. Renew those acts in, in, in these days. Renew the deeds that you've done in the past in these days. So when I'm in the dip, I sometimes I need to remember. When I'm in those low times, I need to remember what God has done. I look and I see what God has done in the past. Remember, I told you, write it down. When God speaks to you, when God does something, that's why you need to write it down so you can go back. How many of you have a prayer journal? You don't have to raise your hand. But if you have a prayer journal, do you have an an answered prayer journal? Sometimes when we're praying, we write things, God, God, I'm praying for these people. God, I'm praying for these situations. But have you ever written down what God is doing in your life? What God is doing in your prayer through your prayers? Or when God has used you to answer somebody else's prayer? Write that down. Write it down. Because in those times when you don't see, it doesn't look like God is moving and you don't see him in a tangible way, you'll be able to go back and say, God, I remember when you did this and you answered this prayer and you healed this person and you used me to bring this person to the Lord. Write it down. When I saw you move and I heard you speak and I was moved because of who you are, Write it down. So sometimes you just have to remember who he is and what he's done. Now some of you are going to say, Pastor Mike, I've never seen God heal somebody. I've never seen God you know, raise somebody from the dead. Those of you who have been a believer any amount of time, God will show you. Ask God to show you the things that he's done. I guarantee you, if you think about it, he'll show you. It can be the time when you didn't know what to do and you just came to church and you might as well have just been you and God. As a matter of fact, it may have been somebody, you came to church and you said, you know what, I'm just going to leave. But you're glad you stayed because God moved. It was like they would just, every word that was spoken was just for you. You can remember that. Or maybe it was a time when you were hurting and you turned on the radio and there was a song that was like God's message specifically for you. Or it could be the time, as something as simple as one day you were reading the Bible and you came across a verse that you have read many times and you said, whoa, whoa. 
man, that verse is for me, like my situation right now. You've read it a lot. You know it was in there. You've read it before. But sometimes this just popped. God made it jump off the page for you. Or maybe it could be sometime when you were hurting and somebody called you up and said, man, I just want to let you know, God has me praying for you. You're on my heart. Is there anything I can pray with you about? Just go back. And God will remind you. So what do you do when you're in that dip, when you're trying to get out? You remember what God has done. God, I remember the glory, the, your deeds, your power. Renew them in your, in, in your day. I know you've done it before, God, and I believe you can do it again. So the first thing you do is you remember. The second thing you do is you accept what God is doing. Sometimes this is really hard. It doesn't mean that you have to roll over and play dead and not pray for a miracle or whatever. But there's a time when you need to say, God, I don't know what you're doing. I'm in this dip. It doesn't seem like I'm, my prayers are making it through. It doesn't seem like you hear me. But whatever you're doing, I yield to you. If God has spoken as he did to Habakkuk, and he said, this is what it is, then you accept what God has said because many Christians don't. Many Christians do not accept what God says. Now, some people call these Christians hits. You know what a hits Christian is? H-I-T-S. It's a head in the sand Christian. They don't want to pay attention to what's going on around them. HIT stands for head in the sand. Too many Christians put their head in the sand. When the doctor says, hey, your health's not very good, you need to make some stages, changes, instead of facing the truth, they just put their head in the sand. If their marriage is in trouble and their spouse says, hey, we need counseling, they go, uh, it'll work out. They put their head in the sand. Sometimes when fa- finances are bad, And people say, man, I want that house. Or, you know what, I want that new car. So they buy the house, they buy the car on faith. But they keep their head in the sand. They don't face the truth. They just put their head in the sand. And maybe God is saying to you, pull your head out of the sand. See what I'm doing. Take a look. I will tell you, God does not do anything without a reason. God does not allow anything to happen to you without a reason. It's not just by chance. There's no such thing with chance as, as chance with God. God allows things to happen in our lives for a reason. Too many people, they, they deny, we deny what was really going on. That doesn't mean that we can't pray for a miracle. Yes, we can and we should. But you know what? We need to accept what God is doing, even if we don't like it. And you can see this come about in Habakkuk chapter 3, 
verse 16, he's, he's, he's speaking about hearing the message of God. And God said, I'm going to use the Babylonians to destroy you. So here's what, here's what he says. He says, I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept in my bones and my legs trembled. You ever get that feeling in your, in, in your life? Come on. You, 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 hear the, you hear the bad news? Your heart starts pounding. Your lips become dry. Like there's no nothing in your mouth. Your mouth becomes like cotton mouth. You don't want to hear what the doctor has to say. You don't want to hear any of this. As a matter of fact, you start hearing and you get just your bodily response is to stop hearing and you become focused on something else. And your knees start to shake. How many of you have ever, uh, okay, I'll give you a, a, a little funnier example, I would say. How many of you have ever been driving down the road and you're obeying the speed limit and you see that there's a police officer behind you and all of a sudden their lights come on? What's the first thing you do? What did I do? You pull over a little bit and you see the car, the police car come behind you. Drive down the road. For the next few seconds you're going, and your heart's still pounding. You still feel a little weak in the knees. Am I right? And that's the kind of response that they get. Okay, Habakkuk is saying, God, when I heard you say this, my heart sunk. I realized that you were going to do something. And I didn't know what to do. My heart was pounding. My heart was pounding. My, my knees went weak. My lips, they, they just quivered and, 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 and become chapped. My mouth was like I had cotton mouth. I realized that God was going to do something and it was going to come to pass and it was not going to be pleasant. I want you to hear this. When God spoke, Habakkuk did not go into hits phase. He did not stick his head in the sand. As a matter of fact, in other, other prophets in the Bible, you know, God would speak to them and they would speak out and the people around them, you know what they did to one? Jeremiah, I believe it was Jeremiah. They threw him in a pit. Because they had their heads in the sand and, and they had other people speaking. Oh no, God's going to bless us and God's not going to do this and God's not going to destroy us and God's not, you know, we're going to be prosperous. And God is wanting to bless us and all those false prophets lost their lives. And the king at the time who was listening to them lost his children Literally lost his eyesight and was drug out of him. 
Too many times we put our heads in the sand. But Habakkuk said, God, this is what you say. I'm accepting it. I know, I know it's going to be terrible. And sometimes something is going to happen that we don't like and it's already happening and we have to accept it. You have to remember what God has done. And you have to accept what God is doing. Now here's the beauty and the power of whatever you're going through. And, and this is it. Number three. Habakkuk teaches us to trust what God is going to do. Trust what God will do. He remembered what he did. He accepted what he was, what, what he was doing. And we trust in what he he is going to do. We see that in verses 17 and 18. Some of the richest verses in this whole narrative of what's going on. Here's what Habakkuk says. He says, I don't understand. I don't like it. And the Babylonians should get theirs and we're getting ours. Still don't like it. But what would I do? What, did, what does he say? I will what? Wait Patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. He says, God, I don't understand. I know the Babylonians are worse than us, but you're going to use them to destroy us. But I'm going to, and it's going to be bad. But God, I'm going to wait patiently for their day of calamity. I'm going to wait for Babylon to get theirs. And then he says in verse 17, and, 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 and I, this, this is great. It says, though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no fruit, though there is no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. What's he say? Yet I will what? Rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in, my, in God my Savior. When he has no reason whatsoever, physically and visibly to rejoice, he says, even though the fig tree doesn't bud, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord, in my God. Even though there is no cattle in the barn, I will rejoice in my God in your life, it may be that even though I did everything right, but it's still not coming out the way I thought it was. Even though I raised my kids to know better, I, raised my, I helped raise my grandkids, and they're still making wrong decisions. Even though I, my, house, my house didn't sell and we're on the line now, we're just coming down. I will trust. Even though the finances are tough. Even though things are not looking like I thought that they would look like. God, I don't understand what I'm going through. But I will rejoice and trust you. And I pray every single one of you would grow to have what I call the Habakkuk th chapter 3 kind of faith. But here's the deal. 
You can't get to chapter 3 without going through chapter 1. And then going through chapter 2. You can't skip a step there. You can't have that, that, that really close, personal relationship with God without going through some things. Without going through things that challenge your faith. Don't get me wrong. You can have a personal relationship with God. You can have that by faith through the blood of Jesus Christ. And you can be, you can be you know, saved and on your way to heaven. But if you want that intimate faith, gigantic faith in God in your life, Somebody once said, I've never seen God use somebody great unless they were broken great. You have to wait. You You have to question and you have to wait. And you have to do more waiting. You can't just live on the mountaintop. My favorite thing about having served Christ for over 45 years, I can say that I can see that I was immature at times in my life. But God has brought me to a little bit more maturity and it's been through struggle. It's been through not understanding what God is doing and it's been withholding on to God and wrestling with what God is doing in my life. And why would he do this? And, 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 you know, I pray and I pray and I see God and then I don't see God and I pray and I just learn to trust him. If I could see how he has moved after I've gone through something, you know, if you learn to trust him yesterday, trust him today and he'll take care of you tomorrow. But watch this last verse. In verse 19, Habakkuk says this. He says, the sovereign Lord is my strength. Now remember what he said about his, he got weak in the knees when you heard what God was doing. Look what he says here. He said, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. And he enables me to go on the heights. Hmm. Even though the fig tree doesn't bud and there's no animals in the barn, yet the Lord is in his holy temple. Remember, the righteous will live by faith. God's word will be true. I find my strength, my hope in the Lord, my God, and he will take me to new heights. Habakkuk teaches us. When you look at the the book Habakkuk, it teaches us to hold on to God. To wrestle, to, to embrace 
See, sometimes we think of wrestling with God as, as, you know, like that wrestling with, you know, holding on to God, embracing God and what He is doing is sometimes the hardest thing that we can do. Even when you don't understand, even when you feel miles away from God, and you, and you wrestle with Him, I don't understand God. I, I, I love you, but I don't understand. You embrace Him. And even though He may not change any of the circumstances in your life, or He may, He will take you to, to a, a new place of trust spiritually. If you just hold on to Him, He will take you to new heights with your faith. Just hold on. Embrace God. Even though when you don't understand what He's doing, even when you're afraid of what He is doing, Just accept it and by faith hold on. Remember what God did in the past. Accept what He is doing now. And see what God will do in the future. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for the book of Habakkuk written over 2,500 years ago, but so applicable to what we do today and where we are today. God, my heart especially goes out to those who are in the dip, in that low place. I pray, God, that, that at this moment that we could just do what Habakkuk did, remembering your goodness and your promises, even accepting some of what, you've, what we've been dealt, but God never letting go of you. Trusting, trusting, trusting in what you are doing, God. Believing that you're still on the throne. That all things are possible with you. And God, knowing that you will reveal yourself to us when we don't let you go. And as you continue to pray this morning, some of you might say, "I'm Pastor, I'm in the middle of the dip. This is hard. I don't like being here. I don't know what God's doing or I do know what God's doing. I don't like it. But what I want to do is just be like Habakkuk by faith. I want to move to a point of worship where I can worship God when things are good and even when things are not good. Because I remember who he is. I remember his goodness. And I accept that he's still on the throne right now. And I choose to worship Him. If you're in the dip this morning, 
if you're in that battle, you don't know what God's doing or you know it, and it's hard to accept. If that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand? Nobody's looking around. Praise God. God, I pray for those, Lord God, who are in that place. God, I pray that even now at your presence, Lord God, that you would bring some of our memories, some of those things to our memories of what you have done in the past. And Lord, how your goodness and your faithfulness and the time that you provide and the time that you comforted, the time that you ministered, God, all through Scripture and in our lives, God, help us to remember your faithfulness. Pray, I pray, Lord God, specifically who are going through tough times, as hard as it is, I pray, Lord God, that they will just accept what you're doing and admit who you are. And God, we face the reality that some things are not like we would like them to be. And God, we believe that you can change those. And we ask, Lord God, you, you just change those. And we hope that you will. And God, even if you don't, you're still God. We pray, Lord, that you would just lift us up to worship you. Whether the fig tree is blossoming or whether it's not, whether the barn is full or whether it's empty, whether you do what we want you to do, or even if you don't, God, help us to worship you because you are God. God, we pray that you would use this supernaturally that we would grow closer to you more than ever before. May your grace be enough. May your grace be efficient, be sufficient for us, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. And as you continue to pray, We talk about worshiping God. We talk about taking communion. We talk about having fellowship with God. And some of you may say, whether you're here in the building or watching us online, you may say, you know, I'm not sure what that means. You don't know what it means to worship God. It's probably because you really don't know him. Because if you did, that would be the only thing you could do, truthfully, in response to his goodness. The story of Jesus in the New Testament is called the gospel, which simply means good news. And let me use Habakkuk to explain the New Testament good news. Habakkuk says that God's eyes are too pure to look on evil. That's what scripture says. And our big challenge is that we are all born with a sinful nature. We all know it. We don't, we don't have to admit it. We know that we've sinned thing is, our sin separates us from God. And God can't even look on sin. It breaks his heart. Habakkuk also said that the just or the righteous, they are not going to live by good works or by religion or even abstinence of bad things. Habakkuk says the righteous or the just will live by faith. And this is really a New Testament principle. Do you want to be saved? 
How is it that a person is saved? It's only because it's a gift of God. It's a grace given to us by God through faith, through belief in Jesus, through the faith that his death on the cross and resurrection is enough, that his sacrifice counts for you. And you are saved by grace through faith. The Bible tells us it's never on our own effort. Not of your own works. So you can't boast. It's just by faith in Christ. And if you're here today or if you're watching us and you want to say, God, I turned from my sins and I want to follow you. I need your forgiveness. When you pray, Father, forgive me, all your sins will be forgiven. And you'll be spiritually brand new. So why don't we pray? Pray out loud with those around you. Even if you're watching us this morning, just pray this prayer. Pray, Heavenly Father, save me from my sins. I turn from them and turn to you. Make me brand new. Fill me with your spirit. Teach me to live by faith. I believe, Jesus, that you died for me so I could live for you. Thank you for new life. You now have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for those who have prayed that prayer. Lord, that your Holy Spirit just draw them into that deeper relationship with you, Lord God. Give them a desire to open up your word and read like never before. And as they read, Lord God, may those words become living to them, Lord. Life. Father, that your glory may be seen in what they do, Lord God. Help them to find a place, Lord God, where they can grow in their knowledge of you and who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I'm going to ask that you stand. And let me pray for you this morning. Heavenly Father, once again, I thank you. And I ask, Lord God, that you would bless us and keep us. Help us, Lord God, to find those good works that you have for us to do so that when others see us doing them, they give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.